What's up guys, it's Dave, Duncan and Kyle back from Metal Epidemic for another album review and for this review, Duncan, Kyle and I have been checking out the new album from Swedish Metal Icons, Meshuggah The band's new album, Immutable, will be released on April 1st via Atomic Fire Records So, this is the ninth album from Meshuggah uh, which follows up the 2016 release, The Violent Sleep of Reason. Uh, this album was recorded at Sweet Spot Studios in Halmstad, Sweden, uh, mixed by Rickard Bengston and Stefan Carlson, and master- mastered by multiple Grammy Award winner Vlado Meller, who has worked with Metallica, Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and System of a Down. I know at least one of those bands. Excellent. <laughs> that is a good start. Um, so... Uh, this one it was it was kind of a, a no-brainer for us to be honest. Um, we are all we would class ourselves fans of the band um, That's for fair. for a long time, um, <laughs> and you know, and for good reason. You know, these these guys have they've they've always been always been a band that kind of pushed the envelope, um, and in my opinion, are one of the the most kind of creative metal bands of the last kind of thirty years. Um, they're there is no other Meshuggah. Like, many will try and replicate it, but they, they, they never quite pull it off as good as the, the originators. Um, and to be honest, like, the back catalogue of Meshuggah, they very very rarely kind of drop the ball. They have a, a pretty strong kind of back catalogue. Even their, their kind of average albums are kind of better than most, to be honest. Um I think and that, that's because they're because they are so unique. You know, you, you know when you're listening to Meshuggah, there's no other band that really sounds like them. Um, it's difficult but, to do a comparison with anything except themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Which is where the critical level comes in. There are a few bands that create an aura. It's like when you it's like when you listen to a Tool album. Yeah, where yeah. you can only ever really measure a Tool album against another Tool album. It's very True. difficult to measure it against any other kind of measuring stick out there whereas like if you're i don't know if you're listening to uh, why that always default deathcore i don't know why <laughs> you're listening to I, I don't it's just it's always right there right there if you're listening to a deathcore Maybe album it's got something to do with such a predictable yeah. genre right? you, hey, oh, hey. yeah but <laughs> you shots fired just um, you fucking cam it all right <laughs> it's not that predictable there's, right. there's many bands within that genre that are integers of a difference of the other ones where you can start to stack up the good and the bad and this one you Meshuggah are essentially that they're doing like the the challenge that everyone does in, in Mortal Kombat where you have to face yourself and that's, <laughs> that's basically yeah. what happens when they release a new album so um, we'll find out if this uh Find out from the guys here. Now, it's also worth saying, I don't know if you guys did it, but I have written down the scores oh, that I think Kyle and Dave sure. will have for this album. Um, I say written down, they're on my phone, which is over here, right? All so right. my hands no, are nowhere near my phone, so I want there be no fuckery. But we, we had this kind of competition where we were like, ah, I think I can, like, from listening to this, I think I know where you guys are going to land. Um, and we will see how accurate we are with this this could go horribly wrong but <laughs> it'll be it'll be worth doing it just adding an, a little bit extra spice on top of a sugar review mm. i'm just getting my uh are you just score. doing it now <laughs> <laughs> it was just uh, 
I'm just adjusting my score to fit. Yes. <laughs> Screenshot it so I can blow up so you can see it on my phone. There we go. Nice. Like I'll take a photo of mine <laughs> so you can edit it in. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, but Tomorrow. Even though, um, even though we all are fans of the band, um, we we all had kind of mixed feelings about the the singles that had been released so far. Um, I also think we're all like fans of different eras of Mashuga, which is true. the interesting thing. Like true. like my my favorite stuff, as much as this is going to get me shot, my favorite stuff is kind of pre nothing. Um, mm. I really liked when they still had a bit of that kind of thrash about them, a bit of that nastiness. Chaosphere being my favourite thing they've ever done. I fucking right. love that album. I've played it to death. Mm. Um, I think it's safe to say, is Nothing still your favourite, Dave? Um, I think, yeah, the, the Nothing uh, reissue. The, the kind yeah, of the reissue where they, they record lower. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, do, I do love that album. But Destroyer Reason yeah. Prove was my kind of like... This was my introduction oh, to Meshuggah, so that kind of still holds a wee place in my heart. I do love that album as what well. What about you, Kyle? What, what era of Meshuggah are you uh, partially Honestly, through? I love it all, but my favourite that I keep coming back to all the time is the Violent Sleep of Reason. Oh. Ah. Because it was recorded live and the energy and vibe on that album was just fucking incredible. And you yeah. cannot beat it at all. Just like, huh? <laughs> three, what, like I said, yeah. three different eras. So this mm. could go any fucking way. True. I'm just adding the anticipation for when we like start it. talking I like about it. I like it. It's like every, it's, hey, listen. Everything's on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Duncan McLeish, hype commander. Hype <laughs> commander. <laughs> I have one job today. Um, That's not yeah. to fuck up. Um, or drink. Tomorrow two jobs. Two jobs. TV. Don't drink. Don't fuck up. Oh, uh, no drink. Uh, the next review. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, so as I was saying, mixed feelings on the single. Some was liked them, some not so much. Um, but after hearing those singles in the kind of context of the album, um, how did we get on? Um, so, uh, Kyle. Hello. I think out of the three of us, you seem to be probably the one with the least issues about this, or the least, <laughs> least moans or gripes about the singles, I think. Um, so Which what, is weird. That's what can, say, to say. what can I say? I'm a super positive person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what did? Uh, how did you get on? What did you think of Immutable? I love it. Oh, <laughs> all the way through. I was. I had like. I don't know. I was impressed by how they have such a specific niche style, right? They yeah. have had for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. Like you guys were saying, Chaos, Fear and Nothing is like sort of the turning point of when they mutated into whatever the fuck they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> and they've kept that up for a good long time. And each mm. time they sort of iterated upon it or they've made, I don't know what, I would don't want to say like small adjustments because every album definitely has its own sound and its own thing. But this mm. time they've really pushed the bar, I think, in style of being able mm. to take their style and sort of fold it back in on itself in a way. Yeah. Mm. Like... The slow burn entry of Broken Cog is just, just like, okay, okay, this is Mashago. We know what we're in for. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like Jens comes in with his like low raspy vocals, and it's like mm. he, I've never heard him do that before. Usually, he's just screaming his ass off. Yeah. And then, then they just go through, and then they after that they bring in that fucking heavy crushing groove, and it's just like ah. Oh. And then Jens starts screaming his ass off. Yeah. <laughs> And then track two, it just gets even groovier, and it just, and then there's, it, uh, 
I've listened to this album a lot, and I still don't know how to pr- express myself about it. <laughs> but like, it's surprising the amount of me- melody they have on this, and mm. actual melodic moments. Because there's always like a twitch here and there, and a twinge of it here and there. You know, it's uh, they've got like a couple of lead parts that have some actual harmonies and melody and stuff, and can follow the structure of it. But this time they've gone a lot deeper into that, mm. and I think it works really well. It's not just an all-out assault and trying to count the goddamn beat. <laughs> they've actually tried to you can follow it a lot better this time I feel at least I could mm-hmm. and uh, it's easier to get into the songs you don't have to listen to it 15 times be like oh that's okay right you can uh, it's it's a bit more accessible I think and the way they've actually intertwined all these melodic parts and done things slightly differently and it's just turned out like a whole different almost a whole new Meshuggah well they brought back their uh, guitarist for this one didn't they to do some lead stuff so I'm not surprised yeah, that it's all yeah, a whole, uh, a whole new thing, and I don't know. Just listening to it over and over again, you just, I just get lost in it so easily. It's, mm. it's really, really easy to just listen to this album and not sit there and try and figure it out and analyze it. And even though that's what we're doing with the review, but it's easy to just sit there and listen to it. A lot like when I was, like I said, the Violent Sleeper reason. It just had such an energy and vibe and stuff on it. It was mm. just like super, like you're just always just blown away. But this has more like relaxed poses. It's got some instrumental tracks. Mm-hmm. It's got a black metal vibe on one of the tracks. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> black mm-hmm. Cathedral. Black Cathedral. There you go. Yeah. It's like, yeah. fuck me. Meshuggah's <laughs> yep. doing black metal what the hell yep. and it was awesome it was just great the only thing I will say about this is maybe the drum production could have been a slight bit different mm. sounds a bit flat a bit plastic here and there mm-hmm. but for the most part I think maybe they weren't quite done with it on the singles because I did notice there was a bit of a difference it sounds a bit more full on the album and a bit better and a bit more lively Yeah. so uh, but I mean it didn't it doesn't sound time aligned it doesn't sound like it's completely you know studio fucked to death it actually sounds quite natural and really raw and there was even this one uh, trailing outro and i can't remember which one the song it was um i should have written it down but i didn't uh <laughs> but they had this trailing outro of like a bass and it was just like oh that bass tone fucking made me wet myself mm. it's absolutely insane and uh just halfway through light the what light the shortening fuse which is mm. a great great song yeah. Like halfway through that one, where they just burst into that massive melodic, huge sounding part, and I was just like, it's, "That's when it started for me." Like, okay, this band have just folded their own style back in on itself, mm. and like without cringing, <laughs> and just somehow managed to redefine who they are, yet still staying in their very niche sort of subgenre that they're in. And I don't get how they do it, and they've done it three or four times now. <laughs> In the past few yeah. albums and i just keep getting blown away by how i keep enjoying the album after album of almost the same thing but it's just oh so yeah i i liked it uh, not on the fence this time <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting um duncan you were more kind of underwhelmed with the singles yeah I, and i don't think they're necessarily bad mashuga songs my <laughs> We mentioned at the start, they're a band that can really only be compared to themselves, but True. music has moved on quite mm-hmm. a bit in the last, even the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. The musicality and songwriting of bands is just exponentially better than what it was back in, you know, the mid-2000s. Like bands yeah. now really have a, a, a great grasp of complexity in a song crafting 
style. You only mm. have to listen to we were like bowled over by bands like Cult of Lilith, who mm. were bringing huge levels of complexity into their music um, and making it sound very, very, very easy. And I think that's that's maybe where there's always going to be an issue when there's a huge period of time between album releases. The yeah. the expectation. <clears throat> for something truly like almost genre defining is is difficult i think on top of that as well the assumption that we as music fans um sometimes have is that that time is purely spent crafting a new album mashuga didn't spend six years writing this album right no let's be honest right Tool claimed they spent, what, 10 years writing? They didn't spend 10 years writing that album. They may have wrote a song here or there, but they didn't spend 10 years religiously crafting that album. Spent eight years partying and two years rushing it out. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's how these things tend to work. I mean, you can write the odd riff, the odd idea here, but ultimately these things tend to be done in a relatively compact period of time overall. Um, and Meshuggah are pretty open about that. They've always yes. said that, like we had, we we sat down and wanted to do a specific thing, and we sat down and did it. So did I, it? I appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the, I, we lump these things in. So when I heard the abysmal eye, um, mm. I got to the end of it, and I was like, oh, right, is that it? <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I was, I was underwhelmed. Now, granted, if you put the abysmal eye against many other songs I'd heard that week. You know, it was a, it was quite a bit better, but <laughs> it was just like once again right. comparing it to Meshuggah, like True, is, yeah. is is the fool's errand. You're yeah. gonna you're comparing it already to a band that has solidified themselves as one of the greats. So if it's not on that level, it's kind of lesser effort. Mm-hmm. And then their second sig- single was kind of. It wasn't the same. I enjoyed it more, but it still wasn't necessarily what I thought I was going to get from the band in 2022. And that's kind of where I've landed with the album. I think there are moments of absolute greatness on this, like where they where they deliver stuff that, like Kyle was saying, stuff that you've never heard them really do before. And that stuff is is kind of is jaw dropping at times. There are other bits that I think are almost if you can get such a thing as kind of very straight down the line with sugar on this. And then I think they indulge themselves in the length of some of these songs which i think is to the detriment of the album the album clocks in almost an hour and 10 minutes um and we were talking about instrumental tracks uh, the midpoint here is they move below which is a almost a 10 minute track mm-hmm. which doesn't really do much um it repeats itself a lot and yeah you do get some really cool lead work in it but not enough to merit a 10 minute runtime i think and it's a shame because I feel the album is starting to build up. Uh, Phantoms is a great track. I loved it. God He Sees in the Mirrors is great. Well, once again, I, 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 feel, I felt like it was starting to really pull a, a very, almost at times, a hugely industrial, monolithic vibe forward that I was starting to get behind. And then I feel that track, They Move Below, kind of loses me a little bit because it is... And there's nothing on it that is of a huge sprawling technicality that I was like, oh, right. It's surprisingly, nah, I could never do it, but it's surprisingly by their standards, a relatively meat and potatoes song. And then it's followed up by Kaleidoscope, which is 
fucking incredible. And it like like there's you know but it bursts straight away, and then they get a bit more experimental with Black Cathedral, which it's cool hearing them do that. I would argue once again it's probably the shortest track on the album. It's two minutes. That's because that idea. It's a two-minute idea and shouldn't be any longer than it's, that. It's more of like an interlude anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I, 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 by the time I, that, that's finished, I'm like, well, that's a cool experiment. If I never hear it done again, that's cool. It's kind of interesting to hear them do it. Um, I'm the thirst. they did it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the thirst. Well, also kind of shows that you can play black metal-inspired riffs and produce it well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if other bands would just Shots maybe, fired. I don't know, take that on board when they're writing their black metal albums I'd have a lot less to moan about um, stop spending your money on gasoline and put it in a studio yeah. <laughs> um, like I Am The Thirst is a great fucking song uh, The Faultless a great song uh, Armies of the Preposterous um, once again I'm not completely sold on it I think there's a couple of really great ideas I think there's a couple of bits that meander a little bit for me uh, and then Past Tense is a head scratcher for me um, it's a, a, a surprisingly I was going to say tender. Uh, tender's maybe not the right word. But it's a, a surprisingly somber and more subdued way to exit the album. Mm-hmm. But once again, I don't necessarily think it adds value to the overall sound. Right. It's very, very, very different to a lot. And maybe that's why they put it at the end. Um, but it's very, very different. So I listened to this. Unlike I said to Dave, this is a two. Well, as soon as he told me the runtime, I was like, Two times. They get two times from me. Once is the kind of critical, let's pick this fucker apart. The second listen is for my own pleasure. The third listen was more just to settle on the grade. Um, Mm. And I'll be honest with you, this one landed not when I thought it was gonna. Um, But at the same time, though, I mean, there are nine albums in. This is six years in between albums. The, they're a band that keep mixing things up in the studio, whether it's, yes, it's a drummer, now it's a machine. Um, but as a drummer, but it's a machine. Uh, like, they're, they're always kind of, like Kyle says, they're always kind of reinventing themselves, but not in a Madonna way. You know, mm-hmm. like where Madonna's like, now I do dance music, because I've reinvented myself. Like, Meshuggah kind of reinvent their sound. They take the core components and they try, very much like, like Tetris, they try and plug it in different parts to to give mm. you something different and I think that's where they're at their most interesting is where they combine those elements and take them to the next level it's almost though that when they do that I find the stuff that is maybe more core to their sound if Meshuggah have a sound that those bits become a little less inspiring for me I, I mean your brain will do mental gymnastics trying to follow some of the polyrhythms as a given and the production, I kind of agree to an extent. I, the drums didn't bother me nearly as much as they did on the Abysmal Eye from the first listen. Um, yeah, me either. Not even yeah, I, 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 I think that's a contextual thing. I think just listening through it, the album, I think you know, not as bad. I still don't think the Abysmal Eye is necessarily great, and it comes after a great song. Broken Cog is a fucking brilliant intro, um, just because once again it's doing stuff you've not heard the band do before. And then you get that single and you're like, if they didn't do this one again, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, 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 it's one of these ones where I feel like I'm damning it with faint praise. It's still arguably better than a lot of shit you're going to listen to. Um, I will be very surprised 
It's almost the Gojira effect for me from last year. I will be very surprised if this makes my top 10 at the end of the year. Mm. Um, I, like, I've already heard a couple albums this year that I think are better than this. So, um, But, I mean, they're still out there. They're still doing their thing. There isn't really any band like them. Dave said it. They all, if like many bands will take a swing at it. Um, and I think you realise, well, they find it very quickly how difficult it is, and then they take that swing back. Um, <laughs> or, or pulling back. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am, I don't know. Like I say, I've got a particular style of Mashuga that I really like. And to me, the bits where they mix things up in a different realm are the bits that are more exciting for me. So, okay. Dave, okay. who was, Dave was, uh, he was in the car with me on Monday, coming back from Decapitated, and he was agonising Kyle. <laughs> sweating buckets because he was like, ah, I don't know! I still don't know! And I was like, Dave, you just need to commit. So he's had two days since then. Mm-hmm. Dave, have you commit? Uh, well, I had another three listens since then, Fucking Duncan. Hell. So I had six. I did six listens of this in total. <laughs> Gee, I think I've listened to this the most out of everyone. Have you? It's been on almost constant repeat. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't like the first single. I will put my hand up and say I found Abysmal Eye really underwhelming for me. Um, second single, though, um, did kind of pique my interest a bit you more. Light on it, Dave. Yeah, I was a bit more interested in hearing what Meshuggah were going to do on Immutable. Um, and I think, like, for an album called immutable all right yes. which bold statement yeah um <laughs> were we expecting anything less than mashuga doing what mashuga do you know what i mean like immutable means unchanging over time or yep. unable to be changed and that yep. title feels fitting for this album because it's basically mashuga for me it just felt like mashuga pulling strands of their sound from the last 10 years and bringing it all into one album with a, a couple of surprises um which i'll get to but for the most part, it felt like you know bits of bits and pieces of the last ten years. Um, that first track, though, I have to agree with you guys, is an amazing build-up. Just that that kind of thunder and kind of guitar, mm-hmm. just with the kind of spoken vocal, and then as you said, Kyle, the, the first scream doesn't happen for four and a half minutes. Fucking you know doesn't, I mean? need to, like, <laughs> doesn't need to. That's the no, thing about no. it is like so against what you expect him to do. It doesn't like they could have went through that entire song and not done a scream, yeah. and it would not have impacted or affected my True. view on it at all. That the guitar tone is killer. Um, and then mm-hmm. when he kicks in with vocal, that's when I was like, okay, now it's, it's starting to feel like I'm a sugar album, and and like it, it kind of hit me at that point. I was like, his vocal style is kind of now almost like as familiar and as important as like the guitar sound like it's it's an it's, instrument yeah it's, 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 it's utilized as an instrument like yeah. as opposed to it's not really utilized for anything out with another textural layer of their sound and that's yeah. why it works yeah there's another that's why he says the word reality in his lyrics so often <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah. yeah i love his tone um unfortunately as you said that the first track is followed up by the abysmal eye um yeah even for me, like even within the context of the album, it still just doesn't do it for me at all. It feels very, very safe, my sugar track. And there was no moments in where I was like, there was no like fuck yes moments. There was nothing like, it, was, it wasn't more. I was like, oh yes, here we, there was none of that. It just felt really kind of flat all the way through. Um, like kind of like we're kind of like driving with the handbrake on. You know, I mean, that's how I would kind of describe it. Um, and there's there's just some production things which I'll come to in a second, but. Then you've got the next again single, the second single, like the short and fuse, and that track, I, I was kind of kind of warming to it a little bit when I first heard it. 
totally grown on me now after like six listens to the album. Um, I'm really digging that single. Um, very mm-hmm. percussive, very groove laden. Got the kind of classic like angular Meshuggah rhythms. Has a bit of a Destroyeries and Improve vibe um, in terms of the atmosphere and the lead work, which I was ecstatic about. Um, because as I said, that was my intro to Meshuggah back in the day, back in the 90s. Um, and that album is still one of my favourites. Um, and for the most of the album, you'll find little pockets like that that remind you of, oh, there's a bit that sounds like Obzen or, or Chaosphere or Destroyeries Improve, um, or even some of the kind of newer material as well. Um, the kind of low, kind of that kind of low end riff on Phantoms just mm. that took me to my happy place. I was just <laughs> like, I, I felt like I was kind of reliving the kind of the nothing kind of era all over again. And then uh, Ligature Marks had this like a really kind of slow churning groove, really intoxicating. Um, and the lead work at the end of the track is it's a little more like kind of proggier than, than usual, yeah. um, which I really liked. And as you said, Duncan, Kaleidoscope, another beast of a track. There's a, a really cool kind of key change on the oh, main riff, dude. which was really clever. I really liked that. It's hard on material. It really is. Yeah. Like, uh, awesome. like you, I, it's like it was one of those tracks that I'm like, Yes, yeah, th- yeah. This, this, this is, the, you know, like, uh, this is why, like, if anyone ever hits you with, yeah, well, I just don't understand why Mushuga is important. Kaleidoscope is maybe one of those songs where I was like, they wrote this, you know, <laughs> fucking 30 years, like 30 odd years into their career. An yeah. album number nine, yeah. six years since the last album. <laughs> Boom. You Amazing do better. Yeah. There they are. Um, and then the only other one I was going to mention there was uh, The Faultless, which I really liked as well. Really cool riff, which is a, a kind of, it constantly kind of ascends and descends. Mm. It's really cool and very catchy and the rhythm is really moorish. Um, a little bit repetitive, but I didn't really mind that, to be honest, because the riff was so cool. Um, I mentioned earlier, and we've mentioned there are, there's a couple of curveballs on it, um, and that's, you know, what I kind of love about Meshuggah, the fact that they can still kind of surprise me after 30 years mm. um, with stuff like They Move Below, which has got that, like, 10-minute opus in the, the middle of the album. Um, I kind of disagree with Duncan here, though. I really liked um, the, They Move Below. Um, yeah, I did Completely too. instrumental. <laughs> um, I thought it was a, I think it was a stunning track. Um, I think it's very, a giant anchor on this album. <laughs> very, very intricate. You know, a huge amount of attention to detail, um, and it, it kind of takes you on this like path of different extremities from the like the clean, almost like there's almost a kind of Metallica vibe about the intro, um, and some of the most disgusting riffs on the album. But for me, it was the kind of chemistry between the clean and heavy guitars. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. That's not a word. Phenomenal. Uh, is. I love um, it. Phenomenal. So, and Something I, like, like phenomenal. Um, <laughs> even though there was no vocals, I didn't feel like they were needed at all. I thought the guitars took the place of the vocals and kept me just as interested. Um, but it's also like a clever kind of like kind of bookend placement as well, right in the middle of the album. Um, and Black Cathedral is the other track that people will definitely talk about. You know, it's it's more of an interlude, but it goes right into like black metal black metal territory. And which I did not see coming at all. Um, and it's all guitars. There's no drums, there's no vocals, there's no bass. It's just uh, just the guitars. And at one point I was like, the drums are going to kick in, right? They're going to... No. But no, <laughs> they don't. They just leave you hanging. Like some kind of... I do like the joke. idea of the guitars being like that. I've got this really cool black metal riff and the rest of the band going, well, we're not on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of the band just disagreed. <laughs> not on yeah. this release? Okay. Yeah, it, it kind well, of felt I'll like... I'll do it myself then. When I got to the end of it, I was like... This kind of feels like Martin Hagstrom is just fucking with us. They're just, he's yeah. just like, ah, oh, just here's a wee black metal riff just to stir up they, some shit on like, the internet. They, they do, they do like Mashuga, and I, I know some like some people take offence at this, but Mashuga and Tool do have a very weird sense of humour. 
yeah when yeah. it comes to the, some of the stuff they put on their albums mm. i mean you only have to hear that track on anima which is essentially was well, like it sounds like hitler mm-hmm. shouting but it's actually a german person reading the recipe for banana bread um you know what i mean but like and it's over it's over industrial loops yeah yeah but one, I'm one sure thing... the band thinks it's very entertaining. I, on the other hand, <laughs> disagree. <Yeah. laughs> one thing I did like about that Black Cathedral, though, is when the next track kicks in, mm. the first thing I noticed was the very first chord of the first riff has a very kind of blackened tinge to it. Yeah. So it almost That's... feels like it was it was meant, like it was just they've done it on purpose to kind of link the two tracks together. I did. It's very subtle, but but I, I did hear that and I did like it. It's a banger um, as well. I, yeah. I love that track. Um, aside from those tracks, um, I've, I mean, I've heard the band do similar stuff to this before. You know, what I mean? as I said, they're kind of pulling tones and streaks from their past albums into one. Um, but I still can't be like, still can't help but be floored by the kind of technical skill and the songwriting on display. Um, they are like the masters of their instruments and the style, um, and it is their style, like which they prove once again on Immutable. Um, Thomas Hackett is just a, a god amongst men. Like, what a what a fucking drummer. This is just like the time changes, the fills, the bass drum patterns is just mind blowing the amount of skill that this guy has. Um, so from that point of view, like technically, it's it's another great album from Meshuggah. Um There's a butt coming here. You, this is the longest segue to a butt I've ever heard in my t- just get out of your system. <laughs> Couple of negatives for me. Um, first being the length, it is six to eight minutes. Um, and that is a lot of Meshuggah to consume in one sitting um, I, I do feel that by track 10, 11 the fatigue starts to kick in for me um, I think a couple of tracks shorter I think would have been slightly easier to digest in, in one listen 10 minute track <laughs> I'll keep that, I'll keep that. Um, maybe but, if that wasn't on the album anymore the flow would be a flowing no, no, keep that um, on the other hand the internet is probably saying, Dave, stop being such a whiny bitch. It is You're more sugar. What are you taliny talking about? Bitch, Dave. <laughs> had six years since the last album. Let them do an hour and 10 minutes if they want to do an hour and 10 minutes, which is fair enough. I'm me, with the internet on this one, Dave. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I think I think at the end of the day, when a band writes an album, it's, you know, it, it's, it's like, it depends how you listen to music. To me, an album is supposed to be listened to as an album. Yeah. And as soon as you start putting that hour and 10 minute package on it, I instantly start thinking, how do I fit this in my day as opposed to I really want to listen to this? I mean, it would be fine if it wasn't... Like, Meshuggah is a thinking man's metal band as well. Mm. Yeah, you can bang your head if you want, but if you know a little bit about music at all or tempo or, you know, time signatures or whatever, you tend to feel like... It's not something I feel like I can casually flung in the background yeah. whilst I'm working. I feel like I then stop working and then I'm being drawn in. Ah, uh, you know, like drawn into the band. So yeah. that hour runtime to me is... I understand it's six years, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, I felt like I mean I listened to it, I've listened to it six times as I said, but I did feel <laughs> with the end right, by the time I get to track ten, eleven, I'm kinda ready for something else. I'm just ready to just kinda switch off and go into something else. Personally. Um also I know you guys have slightly touched on it. The production is, is not my favourite um overall on this one. Um especially in the drum department. I I do find the drums very flat and very lifeless on this release. Um 
And I think like part of that may be down to the fact that the last thing we heard from the band was done by Chu Madsen, uh, The mm-hmm. Violent Sleep of Reason. And the kit sound on that album is magnificent. It is so natural, lots of really nice kind of resonance and tone to the drums. Here, it just feels a little bit, a little bit dead, if I'm honest. Like, it, To be honest, I kind of like the fact that they've, they've some, in some way have acknowledged that the Violent Sleep of Reason production is so goddamn stellar, they haven't even tried to try and one-up it, because <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know what, we're going to have a production that works and it's great for what it is, yeah. but that album is like, that's, yeah. that's the gold standard, we also, and we we can't do it again. Yeah. We also <laughs> talked about this. It's weird that that's the that is the big inconsistency in Meshuggah's back catalogue is the mm-hmm. drum sound because yeah. that yeah. doesn't tend to unless you're Metallica that doesn't tend to be a, <laughs> doesn't tend to be a talking point with bands. Yeah, it's it's so so strange, and it, like and the, I think the thing is as well we're because of the complexity of the drum work. Mm. We're instantly drawn to that instrument, maybe yeah. more mm. than we necessarily would be with other bands. Mm. It's because it's such an integral part of yeah. the, how they sound. It's like any other band, you could just play pretty much any beat and play their riffs, and it'll sound almost the same. But with Meshuggah, it's like, yeah, it's, the drums so and the strange. guitars are locked together. Yeah. Yeah, I could understand if it was a different drummer every album, but yeah. you know what I mean? With a completely different kit and like, you know, just like, like the different setups and all the rest. But it is the same guy. So I, yeah. I just, it, it's weird to me that. Yep. That's that's always the inconsistent talking point where we go from True. release to release. Yeah. The thing is, I read in interviews, he has a lot of problems with his limbs. <laughs> like, there was one tour he was talking about, he had to, like, shift his leg over with his hand to get it back on the pedal because it was, like, just yeah. sliding off all the time. So, well, he should just be playing be in 4 4 Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. he, should, he should join ACDC. Uh, no. He's had some sort of issue with his, his hands just now as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Some kind of skin issue. Not um, fucking surprised listening to these albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, it, it did kind of stop me from being or, or some of the tracks having more of an impact mm. overall um, because of that kind of drum sound that was in the back of my mind when I was listening to the album but um, just a personal thing um, that aside I, I still really enjoyed this like I, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where I don't enjoy a Mashuga album um, this feels like Mashuga being very comfortable in their own skin and doing what they do um, yeah it's filled with a lot of the familiar Mashuga kind of motifs in places but because they stand out on their own in their own kind of separate realm, I, I'm not going to slate them for that. You know, this is they sound like Meshuggah. They don't sound like anyone else. Um, so yeah, it's it, from from the singles right at the start. I was I was kind of like unsure how this was going to go, but in the end, I still enjoyed it. I still really did enjoy it as a Meshuggah album. So um, scores, ratings for Immutable. Um, so we're giving scores first, and then we're showing what we thought each person would score. How do you want to do this? Uh, see, we should have thought of this beforehand. <laughs> I think I think we we uh, we just put our scores up, and that way there's no fuckery. Okay. Not that I'm saying I distrust you, but the shoe fits. Um, well, I've written I've written my score on here as well, so you can see I'm, I can't, I'm not going to change my mind. It's all written down. Well, this is what I thought. <laughs> Kyle 5, Dave 4.5. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I think. Um, Who wants to go next? I misunderstand it. I misunderstood. I thought you just wanted me to guess my own score. (laughs) 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 But. Guess. (laughs) I wrote it down, Duncan, so I don't forget. There you go. There we go. But. my well, feeling you... was that Duncan was going to give it a middling score, like 3.5 or 4 at the most, and Dave was going to give it higher than that. 
Interesting. Uh, I've got Dave? Kyle 4.5, Duncan 4. Interesting. Now, do you mm. want to go around and ask the real grades? Well, the real <laughs> yes. grades, please stand up. Kyle, Kyle, how right was I? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the violent sleep for reason. It's still my sugar, and I'm loving it, absolutely. It's 68 minutes, and every time I got to the end of the album, I was like, give me more. It did not feel like an hour and 10 minutes for me. Really didn't. I've, I've heard you guys say, oh, it's so long. I'm like, what? I, so, when, when you said it, I was like, is it? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit, I had no idea what. So I listened to it until the end. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Is that a five? So five. five. That's a five. Yeah. That's a five. That was spot on, Dave. Uh, ain't no flies in this shit. Baby. Uh, Duncan? I will say you were spot on with me. It's a four-star oh. album. Oh, it's nice. difficult. To, it really is difficult to give my sugar below a four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think... And it's an interesting one. I don't know even if over time this is going to move up, whereas other Meshuggah albums weirdly have, though, over time. Like, nothing is an album that I've grown to appreciate a lot more than I did when I first heard it. Hmm. Um, so, but yeah, as it stands just now, it's a phenomenal album. And you're got, like, if you're a Meshuggah fan, you're going to fucking love it. Hmm. Is it going to bring many people over? I don't know. <laughs> Do they care about that? Probably not. Uh, and that makes me love them even more, so... Yeah. yeah, four out of five. Four. Um, yeah, uh, I, I actually didn't have too big an issue grading this one. Um, I think like because it's Meshuggah, I instinctually just want to throw a high score at it just because <laughs> they're one of my favourite bands. Um, but if I'm like being totally honest and kind of like ranking this against their other releases, um, there's still like three, four albums I would probably score higher than this. Um, and like for the most part, this is with Sugar, just you know, with all their kind of usual tropes of their sound. You know, it was cool to hear little nods to all the previous albums. I dug that, and I liked the little curveballs that they, they kind of threw in. I didn't, I didn't see them coming uh, really, but um, yeah, for me, it is it's a little bit too long. Drum sound just lacked a little bit of life for me, um, so it's a four out of five for me. Four out of five. So I was four. wrong. Wow. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought you'd be four point five at least. Mm. You can't share the same grade. Track seven's too long. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, the one that's going to get the comments by the way it's not going to be anything else that's the one that's going to it's not a ghost t-shirt this time guys right the guy holding a chainsaw before he fucking say anything um, <laughs> well the man with the ghost t-shirt please stop talking about Meshuggah um yes um Meshuggah Immutable out uh, April 1st on Atomic Fire Records links Bye-bye. below to the band to the Facebook to the uh pre-orders all that sort of stuff check them out let us know what you think um let us know your comments once you've heard the album drop some comments below let us know what you think of the album uh, that's the review thanks for checking it out we'll be back with another review very soon but until then take care speak to you soon bye everyone bye, bye.